Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Welcome back to the Muse podcast, episode three. It's really starting to come together. This uh, episode, we welcome Tristan Omond. Uh, I'm going to spell his name right off the top. T-R-I-S-T-A-N-O-M-A-N-D. Tristan, man. Uh, so... I met him a couple of years ago. Uh, we were just doing a talk at, at a college around here. We just happened to be on the same panel. And, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of followed him through the last couple of years. And he's always been fantastic. He's a great songwriter. He's He's got his own style. He's got his, you know, he's very professional. But this is really cool, man. He's been just touring his ass off over the last couple of years. And you can hear it. You can hear it. In every note he plays, he plays effortlessly and he sings exactly what is on his mind at the moment. And uh, it's so exciting to watch, you know, a young artist just absolutely blossom. I don't know, it's a terrible word, bloom like a flower uh, in front of you. He's just, he's an incredible young man. He's a really great writer. Um, and Briggs and I were blown away with the two songs he played uh on the podcast so uh i'll leave those two for uh you know for for you to listen to uh tristan's touring a ton uh, i'll give you his tour dates in a sec uh he has a number of albums you can listen to his material he's got uh, one two three four five six uh four five six albums uh itunes spotify Bandcamp. Uh, whatever all the streaming stuff uh honestly man he just he prints vinyl for his records as well if you go to one of his shows buy one of those man because you i think we all know that things like spotify and all that they're fantastic i mean they're great ways for for uh you know for for fans to listen to artists it's a fantastic way for the artists to get their stuff in front of people who might not you know actually just go out and buy it that said, you know, they still haven't worked out a way to make that um, worth anything. You know, the, the artists aren't getting paid. So this guy is just putting it all on the line for, uh, for us. And uh, we, we couldn't be happier that he's on the, uh, that he's on the podcast. Uh, uh, the, we actually ran over a couple of dates towards the end. We sat on this podcast for a couple of weeks, so those, date are, those dates are outdated. The next four gigs after this one. Uh, after this comes out, be Thursday, September 1st, 2016, of course. Uh, he's going to be opening for James McMurtry at the Prescott Park Arts Festival in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You definitely want to get your action there at prescottpark.org. Call out to the guys uh, booking that festival, Bright and Lion Productions. It's just an amazing summer uh, around here. You know, I mean, there's definitely music that comes through, but... This whole festival, this whole summer has just been one treat after another. They've just had some fantastic acts coming through here. Dawes and, you know, tallest men in the world. And there's too many to, to name. It's just been a, a really great summer. And uh, we're real lucky around here to have uh, people that care about music and, and bring it in and, and fight that. It's some of the stupidity that happens with Portsmouth with, you know, people trying to get music, outdoor music, shut down. You know, it's not like we're putting on a fucking kiss show here. You know, it's really not that hard to just let the music happen every now and then, people, you know. Anyway, uh, sorry, you got off on the uh, uh, sidetrack there. Sunday, September 4th, 2016, Tristan Omond at the Mill Number no. 5 Farmer's Market at Mill Number no. 5 in Lowell, Mass. Friday, September 23rd, the Common Cafe 
in Tavern in Rumney, New Hampshire. And uh, Saturday, September 24th, 2016, Tristan Omond at the North Buick Lounge in North Berwick, Maine. And that's a story that has yet to be told on the podcast, but I guarantee you will at some point. Anyway, you want to get in touch with the dude? T-R-I-S-T-A-N-O-M-A-N-D dot com. You wonder how to say his name? It's Omond, but we'll let him tell you about that. If you want to get in touch with us, www.themusepodcast.com. On the web, click on the Contact Us button and uh, speak your mind. Uh, we will absolutely get that. Ask us a question. If you think of someone who might be a fantastic fit for the podcast, lay it on us. Uh, the podcast is not about celebrity. Um, we're, as interested, we're just interested in, in interesting, cool music. doesn't matter what the genre is. Um, anything that just that blows your mind, if it blows your mind, I'm sure it'll blow someone else's mind, right? Get those people in touch with us. Someone local, you know? It's as, as important to us as someone who has a household name. You can also get in touch with us at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up on social media, The Muse Podcast, on all social media. All right, here we go, people. Episode three. Tristan Omond. All right. Factory farm eggs fried on scratch Teflon pans Vaporized nicotine held by sanitized hands River caught trout with trace amounts of lead There's no man up in your skies Oh monsters under your bed And for breakfast it's fried logic For lunch it's homemade dread For dinner it's high anxiety To sabotage your head To sabotage your head Smoked them like a furnace They drank their faces red Swore their struggles were in earnest At least their children were well fed At least their children were well fed They never had a dime Or a nickel to spare In a quarter of a century Will your shadow still be there in a quarter of a century? Will your shadow still be there? We've loosened rusty bolts, fixed holes in leaky sheds, patched the stoned foundation of our medicated heads, patched the stoned foundation of our medicated heads. Mm-hmm. 
If death comes too early, put some pennies on the eyes. Oh, you're always paying someone, even when you die, even when you die. So load your troubles in a Chevy, put a good tape on the deck, let them tear across the county. Hope they never come back. Let's hope they never come back. And for breakfast it's fried logic. For lunch it's homemade dread. For dinner it's high anxiety. To sabotage your head. To sabotage your head. All right, man. Awesome. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that was the take. I think. I think that was the take. (laughs) I don't like to do more than one. (laughs) That's fantastic, man. Thank you. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Tristan Omond. How do you uh, pronounce your last name correctly? Uh, I get that a lot. It's it's Omond. Just Omond. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or if some people say Omond, but Ormond is wrong. (laughs) And uh, and Osmond is fucking wrong. Don't add add any letters. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's, like I've I've gone back and forth with like booking people for venues, like honestly, 25 emails and a Gmail thing. And then they it's like, all right, we've posted the schedule. And it's like my both my my first and last name are butchered wrong, you know, (laughs) and it's like, how can you converse with somebody back and forth and then totally screwed up right you know, <laughs> yeah uh, it's, it's and i've had contracts email, right? contracts where they put my name on they spell it totally wrong and i circle it and i say this is a misrepresentation of the service you're asking for please spell it right in all advertisements and yeah, right <laughs> like, on. thinking i'm this big music business guy you know well i mean i mean it's come just on. annoying gotta, yeah right? spell your name right come yeah. on it's annoying to you but it's going to be even uh, as annoying to the people who follow you yeah, you know they're exactly. like it doesn't make you look bad no i mean you're fa- anybody who's a fan is going to be like these people can't even get this guy's name right it yeah. just looks bad on the venue it's just confusing yeah or yeah. they don't care yeah know? well well that's possible too right yeah. but yeah. so so that's fantastic so uh tristan i've known you a uh, kind of on and off um for a, a number of years i think i think we met on um on um we have the exact date no oh. i don't mean the date i mean the uh the uh what was that thing at unh uh music mentors music mentors at unh yeah. right must have been what three three years ago three oh three of oh my i need to dig in more about no, three you, years ago you can move the mic too oh okay make yourself right. comfortable there yeah cool. um yeah probably or so yeah yeah and uh you were you were doing pretty well at the time and uh you were you i remember you were you were doing some sort of touring at the time. It was yeah. good. I think you had just come up with a uh, a record at that at that point. Th- yep, probably. Do we, do, you, yeah. do do you guys people do we do we still call them records? Yeah, I still do. Yeah, <laughs> LP. I, my last one came out on vinyl this past. Oh, it really right did. Yeah. So yep. you're still making Can, physical records. Two, yeah, yeah, my 2013 one and and my this year uh, the newest album both did on vinyl. Oh, that's great. And uh, still got CDs too, but yeah, yeah. did the vinyl and right. just because. Do you carry the vinyl with you when you go to gigs? Yep. Yeah, I brought it all through the south with me and stuff, and 
yeah. had to be very super careful about this summer. I, I toured oh, yeah. through the South and where well, it wasn't quite summer yet, oh, but right, right. all through Stay May hot. and into June yeah. and, uh, not the deep South, like Gulf coast, but like, uh, it was hot, like West Virginia yeah. in May. Mm-hmm. It was like 95 with humidity. Wow. It was like, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I bring it, I bring it with me. I sell my record. That's like my distribution is my, uh, my, my case at the gig cool. you yeah. know? and online. There's a few independent record stores. I don't deal with chains anymore yep. just cause they like, you're like a tiny little blip and they don't care. And even if you sell records, they never pay you. And, uh, yeah. but the independent stores, most of them are really cool and they don't even take a cut if you're a local artist or independent or something right like on. that. So yes. Yeah, Still love the vinyl. <laughs> so yeah, so it sounds like you're making that connection just by literally going to these places and meeting people and, mm-hmm. and getting involved with that. Yeah, I mean, I I still haven't figured out that whole veil of being a successful uh, internet artist or something <laughs> like that. You know, like it's still just going out and playing uh, for people and selling it directly to the people, and then like your fans, you know, in quotes or followers, like they become on a first name basis with you and they keep coming back. It's like, oh, you've been coming to see me for four or five years now, you know, and it's pretty cool. And it's like, how could you not want that, you know? And, uh, and it, uh, I just love just packing up, going to another town. Oh, I've never been here before. Oh, this is a cool little town. You know, when, when, when would I have ever gone to like Scottsville, Virginia? Right. Ever. You know, right. oh, I play, I've played six gigs there pretty much. You know, yeah. it's like I would have never went there. So music has been my way of, of uh, exploring. And uh, it's, it's just it's like I, I needed something to latch on to when I was like nine or ten years old. And the guitar was it. And I was, that's how it's and it's been fortunate. I've been fortunate enough to not let go of it, and it's been pretty good to me. I try to be good back to it. You know? so, <laughs> so. Well, your 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 playing is is a fan, just fantastic. Oh, I thank mean, you. You man. get this, thank this you, sweet Duncan. feel, and you know the way you play is really colorful and open at the same time, being that sort of you know a traditional way. I'm sorry, I shouldn't characterize you in front of you. Oh no, that's <laughs> the way well, it comes across. You know, man. I, I thank you. Yeah, I um, it was kind of like uh, it took me. I mean probably a solid 15 years of playing before I truly started to feel my own voice coming through, yeah. like finding my own, like, you you know, like, I'm sure, like, there was probably a point at which you felt, all right, okay, this is me playing, not just me trying to play the, uh, the piano or, like, yeah. you know, and it took me so long, and then, then finally it was like, okay, all right, this is me, this is my voice, you know, coming yeah. out of this guitar, you know, and it took me so long to figure it out, but part of that, the the picking I do and stuff is because I couldn't finger pick, I can kind of do some blues finger picking, but I can't do the folk singer finger picking stuff, and then I needed to, I was only one guy on stage, and I was used to being in a band, so I needed to fill up that space, I didn't right. want to just strum, so I was like, I can do some picking, I can do some thumping, you know, some alternate picking, and some, you know, kind of in a circular motion creates this galloping kind of sound and uh and so but once i figured that i was like oh wow this is like my way of uh this is this is the the form you know and yeah uh, i mean and uh, then finding the right guitar like this guitar is like just an 90 dollar old yamaha from the rack at a music store like it sounds from the 80s or something early 80s yeah but it's just i love it and it's just i actually had a martin guy like a uh like a bluegrass guy be like how can you call yourself a 
like a professional musician playing a Yamaha. Yeah. It's like, what? Does that guy Are you get kidding on me? Does he get on on stage with you? No? He no, doesn't. no, right. no. Yeah, no, okay, so he, he can excuse my language, but go fuck himself. Yeah, right? fuck, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Good. Is that all you could come up with? Yeah. Right. Man, look at look at a video of Ray Charles playing or something. I bet he's playing a Yamaha grand sure. piano at some yeah. point. Uh, or this anybody. This a brand whore. Oh, yeah. Yamaha yeah. is... Uh, I, Only wears know. Maui Jim sunglasses. <laughs> oh, yeah? Me? No, Me? no, no, the guy. The, the guy, the guy, oh. the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, you know... Um, no, it's it, yeah. I, it, it's funny. We've only been doing this podcast for a short period of time, but this kind of stuff comes up a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's like who got in the, the the car, who did the recording, who right. booked the gig, who drove all the way there, who yeah. stood up there like brave as fuck and said, "This is my mic," and he will hear my songs. Yeah, and that's all you can come up with is like, "I don't like your guitar, dude." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Different one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. I, I I've had some. You know, I, I must, I come off as, like, I am, I feel like I am a nice guy. I'm a good person. I try yeah. to give that to people when I talk to them, you know, and I feel like people feel comfortable enough to tell me exactly, honestly, what they think of me. Like, I played a gig in New Jersey, and this guy came up to, I played a couple songs, and I was going to get up and do a featured set later in the night, and he goes, you know, man, those songs really needed some drums. I'm a drummer. I'm a great drummer. Uh, <laughs> is there any, I was like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm solo act. You know, I don't, I... It's kind of weird, just acoustic guitar with a with a drummer and a four piece kit. You're being I was like, sweet. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like I was like, no nah, man, it's like, I was like, I just don't, you know, I'm just a solo guy. And he was like, oh okay, you know, he's kind of like offended by it. And then after yeah. my, <laughs> what my an second set, you are. <laughs> yeah. he was like, well, I'm pretty, my band's, we're, I'm pretty good. We're opening for Twisted Sister next weekend. And I'm telling you the truth. He actually said, this. you wow. know, it's like, I mean, all right, it's great. Twisted Sister's still playing. I mean, those guys have been there for a while. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, you obviously got the wrong answer there. Yeah, the correct yeah. answer would have been, oh well. Okay then. Yeah, Come on right. Up. Yeah, get Let's up go. here. Get yeah. your double ba two bass drum yeah. set. You know, uh, definitely. But uh, and then after <laughs> he said he comes, he came up to me. He goes, you know, you're good, but you're never gonna move forward unless you get a band. So and then he walked out. Oh, wow, what like, an asshole! Yeah, it's like thank you. I, I guess you know. Welcome to Jersey. And, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, but everybody else was so sweet and and awesome, and it was one of the best shows of the tour. Is oh, in great. Jersey. Yeah. Uh, just that one so, guy. so hey you guy drummer guy fuck you no I'm yeah, just kidding see, no, no, you don't have to just kidding fuck no, you drummer guy yeah 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 like seriously the, I mean if the guy yeah. really wants to play he'll write some fucking songs or get yeah. together with some people who do and make his way too yeah but yeah. who says that stuff like I never a lot of I have people so much respect. Yeah, yeah. but but I yeah. as a musician I have so much respect for somebody who gets up and does their thing that's fine I'm not gonna tell them what what I think is wrong with them. I don't even know. You know, it's just, right. I like to just let people be as they are. You know, it's like, I never would have thought to say that, right. you know? And then uh, I did an open mic in Frederick, Maryland, like towards the end of the tour. I had a day off, so I went to this open mic and uh, two different, two different guys that, hey, yo, bro, do you play in 4-4? And I was like, <laughs> I probably, yeah, yeah. but, and, and they both wanted to, they both asked me if I played in 4-4 and they wanted to sit on in on me in in on my set with drums and i said you know i don't you know i'm this is my first time playing here i don't want to just like oh let's throw some drums on it i never yeah, use drums right? you know and he was like very disheartened and hurt by the fact that i didn't want drums on the song and then there this like 86 year old black piedmont blues player yep. pull, like got up on the open mic big cow old black man big bl cowboy hat yep. dark sunglasses 
was amazing. And one of those guys got up and tried to follow his intricate finger picking patterns and he just slobbed all over the song and ruined it. And then I told him, I, I said to someone, I was like, this guy doesn't need drums because it was all in his fingers. It was all right. there and it was amazing. Yeah. And I just sat there and soaked it up and watched this guy play. And it was amazing. Like being, and he's, he's got some albums out. And, uh, yeah, well, drummer, drummers, I mean, I love drummers. I mean, yeah. a Briggs knows, like, that's, to me, that's, for me, the most important person in the band. Oh, it's the glue, yeah. And yeah. it's like, a lot of drummers just sound like they're building a house, you know, they're just right. cranking away at <laughs> they're it. They're on their own yeah. channel, Well, that's much. the thing, and yeah. I and to be fair, you know, let's not call out the drummers too badly, mm -hmm. but you are playing in the key of, like, you don't care <laughs> what fucking notes are happening at any, any right. time, right? Yeah. So, some drummers, brilliant great drummers are playing melodies while they're playing sure yeah serving the song a lot of people just figure that they should be playing with you because you need a drummer and you know maybe, yeah they're maybe like, you got one of those guys oh, he, he how can he possibly be doing this by himself that's right. what they yeah. think and it's like the people that spell my name wrong what he oma no he must be spelling it wrong right i'll, I'll correct it o-r-m-a-n-d right. yeah you know it's like, right right it's like i like i i never would have thought of osmond that's a oh i've that's gotten a, that that's a o-s-o-n-o-s-m-o-n-d like that's yeah, a musician like thing right osmond yeah musician yeah wow that's harsh that's harsh oh, so that was a beautiful song what was that what was that song called it's called stoned foundation we heard it once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, those uh, those of you who are listening at home, you know, you can go back and listen to it again. We we just heard it for the I just heard it for the first time. Briggs Same. and I just heard it for the first time. Uh, beautiful. You had some. Uh, you had some. You were Thank putting you. down some uh, some serious ideas in that. Where did that song come from? Why? What was the inspiration? Um, well, I think it's it. Uh, it kind of started from. Usually it starts with one line for me. Like it starts with either the first line or like the first line of the second verse, I find. Sometimes I write the second yeah. verse first and then I look at it and I'm like, that's not a, that's not a first verse. That's a second verse, you know, or something like that. Like I'm, I'm, I think of, I build the story in my head and then I put the, you know, pencil to the paper or whatever. And then I'm already a few steps ahead. Right. in my mind so then i st i think i end up starting with something further along without even knowing it and mm -hmm. then after once i look at it all i have to kind of reorganize it be like nah I'm, this is out of order you know and i never used to do that to songs until you know like something clicked and i was like oh this is in the wrong order you know it's uh but usually it just comes with one line and i think uh this song is a because the first line is a uh, factory farm eggs fried on scratch teflon pants and uh right uh that's a hell of a, an image right there. <laughs> There's a lot of imagery in that song. <laughs> yeah. uh, vaporized nicotine held by sanitized hands. Right. You yeah. know, it's because it's like there's hand sanitizers everywhere you go now and everybody's, you know, staying all clean and, they, you know, everything's prepackaged. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and then there's, people are sitting there vaping, letting out these huge plumes of smoke and like, <laughs> like, they're, in the, like they're in the bar in Star Wars or something like that, you know, like, <laughs> like with those, oh, you know, those, they light on. up and stuff, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. fucking weird you know right. and uh like i guess it's great that people aren't hurting their lungs and stuff but it's just another chemical you're getting a, you know it's i don't know if you guys do that but no, uh, no. but it doesn't matter just but but yeah and i was just kind of so i wrote the song just kind of reflecting upon the fact that a lot of people just like kind of stumble through life and they don't think about all these details it's like all right, you're frying your eggs in this scratch Teflon pan. You know, Teflon, I don't think it's supposed to go into the human body, yeah. really. <laughs> you know, like, or that, or, uh, like, just, 
I just see some people at the grocery store, half their cart's filled with two liters of soda, and they got like no vegetables. And like, <laughs> it's just like, man, is this, how can people live like this? They're just not questioning anything. They're not, right. they're not saying, oh, this is, oh, I could be doing this a different way or something, you know? It's like, cause even when my guitar sound is perfect and it sounds fucking great, I throw something, I try something else. Right. And to, just because, oh, it might sound better. And sometimes it sucks, you know, but I've just don't, I'll just like throw myself out of the comfort zone. Yeah, how do you and know I unless like you it. try, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just jump in, you know. So, so that's a real, uh, that's sort of a novelistic way of looking at um, lyrics. I know um, you talk about like, uh, like Stephen King on writing. I don't know if you're, if you, if you're, oh, it yeah. sounds like you're a reader. Love Stephen King. Okay, so yeah. you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Love books, always yeah. have. And you know that there's that concept of starting with that first line, like that perfect opening line, which then mm-hmm. sort of follow, it sends the novelist on their way, or some novelists are looking for that, you know, the last line, and they're yeah. working toward it. Right. But I love that idea that, like, you know, you have a good line, and, and you're saying, let's push this to the second verse, and let's see if you can lead into it. Does that sound right? Exactly, yeah, lead into it. Um like uh, there's a song I did. Uh, I played a gig in uh, Connecticut last night, and I did a song call, uh, by John Prine called "Sam Stone." Right. You know, uh, and it starts right off. Sam Stone came home to his wife and family after serving in the conflict overseas. You know, it's yeah, like you, your line, it's setting yeah. you up right there. Right. And then he's got that line that just hits you in the face. There's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes, and Jesus Jeez. Christ died for nothing. I suppose. You know, yeah, it's like. Yeah. And, and and that was his first album, you know? And, like, when songs can have that one line that, like, holy fuck, yeah, you know? Like, if li- if songs don't have a holy fuck line, then, there you know, there's different degrees of songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, like, you know, there's Beach Boys songs, and I'm really, you know, there's happy Beach Boys songs, two minutes. There's really sad Beach Boys songs. And then there's, like, uh, you know, there's that song where you really want to say something. There's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes, you know. And uh, like someone sent me a message today after that. And like, oh, me and my fiance are recovering heroin addicts. And we really just, we loved your set. And thank you for doing that. And we're both in recovery, you know. And uh, it was wow. just a really sweet message to get like the day after a gig. And that, it wasn't my yeah. song, but the yeah. song was so powerful that it, it hit them. And they, you know, it made them listen. So yeah. if a song can have that one line that's like makes you think and it's not all just like cliches strung together like uh you know like f- overused phrases like the writing on the wall right. or uh anything you know, from every rose has its thorn yeah right <laughs> oh that's just full of that's one cliche after next. Yeah. and just oh man it, it, you could see you can see right through that songwriting like a yeah. wa- like a yeah. piece of wax paper or something that's like well, that not much holding contrived. it up i mean but, it starts uh, with a sigh oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Well, you know, I'm sure that made uh, whoever wrote it a lot of money. Absolutely, well, I mean, but there's you know? that. That sounds like it maybe a different. unless they signed a bad deal and signed yeah. it over to somebody I mean, for somebody a three hundred dollar check or something. Also, quite like, but that sounds like that's a really different uh, set of motivations than what you were just talking about. Like looking for that perfect, that perfect line. Yeah, oh, without, without, yeah. without glossing over it, I mean, like, um, but there's different s- degrees of songs. You know, some songs are just you know you just want to get it out and you're not putting a lot of stock into it and it's not exactly the most serious song you're not trying to drive home some message and other songs are you know there's there it's like a it's like there's a it's like a set of wrenches you know there's all different sure. size wrenches and they're they go to different bolts it's like there's different kinds of songs and they all unlock a different thing you know yeah that's sorry they all to interrupt do something, you but they don't uh, necessarily do the no. same thing no, yeah I exactly mean, yeah 
No, I mean, it's beautiful. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that's exactly it. I think one of the things that happens as you look at songwriters as they, as they choose to extend their career beyond that, you know, say three, four year arc, which, which happens to a lot of young people where mm -hmm. they kind of get into it and then they go, you know, that was, this isn't me. Or yeah, they, like, they I, find I, I tried yeah. scaling the mountain and, you know, yeah. fell down. And, yeah. and they'll <laughs> give up or whatever. But, um, but you look at like someone like John Prine, I mean, l listen, listen to what just happened. Right. So John Prine writes a song yeah, and then goes through the process of, you know, working it and editing it and getting it together and, and making it work. Then he records it, he goes and performs it mm. and then goes and builds a career beyond that. You come pick up that song However many years later, 25 years, I don't know how many years. 40 years later. I don't know. I don't yeah. Do you say it's, oh, you said it's like, it's really young. First, first album. Oh, geez. Okay, he, yeah. Then he was like 24 ago, yeah, when right. he did that. So then you pick it up. You drop it in the middle of, as far as John Prine's concerned, nowhere. He has no idea this is happening. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it packs that power through your, you know, through your delivery system. Oh, yeah. And then you're getting... You know, an email from a from a few people who are saying this means a lot. I mean, that's a really interesting sort of way of looking at how this songwriting thing works. I am certain that you will go through that same process as John Prine has. I mean, I know that that uh, well. You can just see it. You can just see it if you keep going. Someone's going to pick up one of your songs and drop that, and it feels like the songs that you make start out as your songs. Mm. But after a while, they just sort of float off and have their own lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've had people tell me that they went to their friend's funeral and then less listened to my song after. Wow. And it just like, it summed up everything for them, you know. And I was able to be there in that person's moment for, you know, in their, in their life. I was the soundtrack. But what, the song I wrote, you know, I'm not important in it. It's the song is there. I don't yeah. even have any ideas going on. Right. You know, I'm just like, oh, everybody here, oh, nobody likes me, you know. <laughs> Little do I know, you know. Uh, Somebody likes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, or They really, really like you. Or I got a song. Yeah, like, I mean, it just like, man. That's why it's like I get so bored with love songs. Like a good love song, like like uh, uh, like most of the time by Bob Dylan. Right. Like most of the time, she ain't even in my mind. Like I wouldn't know her if I saw her. She's that far behind. Right. You know, like right. Uh, right. like man, I was listening to that last night on my drive home from the gig, and I was like, "Fuck, this is such a beautiful song." And it's just like he totally like articulates heartbreak you know or like uh you know you know like feeling the pull of somebody after right. they're out of your life like still feeling that pull but knowing that you know i can't act on it it's yeah it's done you know and then but then if you just keep on recycling that theme it's like man there's so many things to write songs about right. you know it's like just listen to a steve goodman song or something like yeah, that you know yeah. like these guys like because there's okay john lennon paul mccartney they were songwriters but right. Then there's songwriters. Then there's like Guy Clark. Then there's John Prine. There's people that are writing uh, topical songs, funny songs, really intricate story songs, right. you know, like uh, that make you just picture things in your mind. I mean, okay, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. You, right. you, you picture a Blackbird singing in the dead of night, but it's got this prettiness and this uh, uh, kind of, it's on another plane as these other songs. Like I was talking about with different songs, 
you know, different types of songs. It's like all different kinds, right. you know, and each one hits you and you use it at a certain time in your life, uh, uh, depending on, uh, how bad you need it, you know? Right. And uh, sometimes they hit you for no, out of nowhere and for no reason or something. Like, I remember when I first heard uh, Tangled Up in Blue yeah, by well, Bob Dylan. Song, yeah. And I was like, where has this song been all my life? Where, where, <laughs> like, why, how, how have I gone so long and not heard this song? Right. Like, I, I think I'd probably heard it before, not thought anything of it, but then it hit me that day in traffic, sitting there listening to it, and it was just like, this is amazing. And uh, yeah, that, that if, a, if a thing can make you cry evolved, or laugh yeah. or whatever within the span of three minutes, that's amazing. That's power of it. You know? It is, but it's it's interesting what you said. Like, the song was the song. It was a song. It had always been that song, but on that day, it, it kind of locked in. Yeah. Tumblers know? fell into place. The right variables were there, and boom you know yeah i feel like when when people listen to a song when someone's i certainly i could talk about myself but i'm pretty sure we're talking about everybody when you're listening to a song it's a complex process you know you're going to bring in the things that you're familiar with you're going to bring in the touchstones that you have in your life like if it's like whatever it's a metal song you gonna first listen you're like all right does this qualify as fucking metal or is this you know shitty and like you go yeah. okay <laughs> qualifies nice check that next why yeah. do i like metal and you're like because it's <laughs> because it's rebellious and you're like okay well this is periphery so i don't really dig it anymore because it's not rebellious enough <laughs> or i like metal because it's yeah. like you know whatever and you start ticking off these little things but i think regardless of the style or the genre or whatever with music at some point you're going to put a little of your own experience back into that listening process well, i mean mm-hmm. you have to right every every time you hear or experience something it's filtered back through your own unique set of experiences yeah and I think that's why it's easy. We take for granted things like, well, you know, you're you're ten. You're probably not going to get, you know, Masters of War or one mm-hmm. of these things. It's just yeah, not yeah, right. relevant, right? Yeah. And then, but but we don't say, well, you haven't had your heart broken recently, so you're probably not going to get this song, right? Or yeah, right. Right now, when you listen to Joni Mitchell singing, you know, off her Blue album, there, you just think she's whining a lot. You know, <laughs> you're like, well, but if you keep listening. At some point in your life, you're going to go, oh, hang on a second. I sure, need to, I sure. Need to go to sleep for like two days now. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've noticed that lately. Like, I've been able to like appreciate certain things for reasons that I would have never thought. Just right. little things, not even songs. Just right. like, oh, you know, it's like that guy walking down the street, he's like, you know, He's wearing his sweatpants. He just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I I love that. About, I appreciate that. You know? I know. Isn't that like, awesome? Yeah. Or like, you know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, people at Walmart. You know, it's like, no, you know, it's like this guy is just so comfortable with himself that he can walk down the street and go to the store to buy milk. And he's got his sweatpants and like sandals with white socks or something. He Absolutely. doesn't give a fuck. Right. You know? NASCAR and, uh, hat. You're all set. Yeah, like I NASCAR know, hat man. for the wrong reason. Yeah, because right? <laughs> you, you got sandals yeah. on. I wasn't trying to make a sandal. I'm hiding like, my feet. Oh yeah, you hiding your feet. No, no, man. I, you got to embrace no white the sandals. So I don't have socks on with the sandals. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, sometimes like not everybody. You know, sometimes white socks are a good idea. I don't know <laughs> if that's if that's a thing. You know, it's a style, right? The Birkenstocks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah. know. So but, if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back around. Um, yeah. So. 
how so you were talking about getting lyrics together you, you know you, you get the second line or the first line yeah do you have a tendency to finish uh the words and then uh, then sort of drape those over a chord structure and guitar or do you or does the whole thing come together or is it a guitar thing how does the guitar because i think it's easy in these kind of settings to talk about lyrics yeah because they're so relatively simple to mm-hmm. to parse you know everybody's going to kind of easy it's easy to talk about but that marriage between music from poetry to to music to a song how yeah. does that work for you man or at least in this case I, how did this one work or how does the guitar where does the guitar come in yeah i mean well for this one how did the how did this guitar come in you know did you did you have that lick are you you taking one lick from column b and then one set of oh, lyrics yeah. from column a or is it well you know that's not a bad thing, by the way. No, no. I, so the I guy who does exactly that. Oh, sure, man. I mean, <laughs> I love like the Ramones and man, yeah, exactly, they recycle right? riffs, you know, right, right. but it's part of their, it's their building blocks, you know, it's their ethos. And right. uh, um, yeah, and, and certainly I have some go-tos that I use, chord forms and, and structures, capo positions and stuff like that. But uh, um, I think the, the, the guitar is almost like, it kind of guides me through the fog of, of the song. Like, cause I can only, I find I can only get so far usually, um, on just words alone, you know, cause usually I'll be writing to a tune in my head and sometimes the tune I write to isn't the tune that I set it to once it's done, you know? Uh, so I can write like a couple verses without it, it. I mean, if I get on a tear and I just keep writing and it's, I fill up my pocket notebook, like a couple pages, boom, I might have a song right there and then I put music to it, but probably 90% of the time, the first line comes and then and then uh, the guitar is there throughout most of the writing process like um it kind of helps guide it you know because the uh um cuz it adds to the feel of the song right. you know like um like uh cer- it's like certain songs just like like if you there's certain like f- like ways of playing the fiddle like there's some towns van zant songs with the fiddle and right. it just sounds like a sense of this urgency you almost picture like a like a uh, like a coach, like a horse-drawn wagon being pulled through a dark forest right. with like lamps and everything go. They're going really fast, and it's this urgency, you know. Yeah. And then, and then you can hear some violin, and it sounds like you're you're sailing over the peat bogs of, of Ireland, you know. It's like <laughs> it was like, and it, yeah. so so it like just takes you different places. So the guitar, um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just another. It's a tool. It's a songwriting tool, and then it becomes part of the song you know right so it helps me get through it it's almost like navigating through some kind of like songwriting fog it helps me it's, so uh, it's so you, a tool you know? so you end up focusing but you continue to focus on the lyrics as you're writing the song the lyrics words, are important and yeah. the the guitar work is usually um in the beginning just a uh, like a backdrop or a uh, template for the song and then yeah. once i get the song written and done and if i memorize it really quickly if i don't have to work hard to memorize it that's when i know it's a good song i was going to ask you about memorizing songs if i have to work really hard at it and it's just not happening it's like well i guess it wasn't meant to play this song so you'll push it to the side at that point i'll keep it but i won't do it live or i won't you know some songs just don't register my that's something in my mind says eh, you know i don't know this isn't worth it or something or or it starts too intricate or there's no way i could memorize it because this like i got one song in here that's like six pages long it's like 40 (laughs) verses or something telling this story that i of this time in upstate new york like when i was sleeping in my truck like this tells this whole story you know uh 
but um it's uh, just not for memorization is what you're saying yeah what that song the, the yeah uh, i mean i guess maybe if i tried but um but yeah if i'm really psyched about a song you know it'll like i can feel myself get excited about it and and uh like uh, I don't have to push myself through the motions, and I'm excited about it, and I'm listening to the demo of it all day on my iPhone, just like right, hearing right. it, listening to it, getting ideas, you know. And then I then I just throw myself into it, and I play it at a gig and see how yeah. it goes, you know, and just try it, you know. And uh, that's the freedom about the solo thing is you can try whatever you want, you can do changes, and you change things up, you know. So it's limiting, but it's also freeing at the same time. So, um, uh, so I but but. But if it feels right, and it uh, and it's a good song, and you're happy with it, and you just get out there and you play it, and uh, just see where it lands, you know, it, in a in a month you might think, oh, like I have songs that I wrote, that I think are, oh, this is great, and then a month later I'm like, eh, yeah, it's you like, know, it's it like work, yeah, yeah, but then sometimes that song comes back to you, and you're like, oh no, this does make sense, or I can use this verse from this song almost like you know using old parts from the barn to fix the, the that's, model t or, that's what i meant know? by yeah, call me, call me. <laughs> so so you go out so you so you this this is a, a new song is what you're saying or, or not a new song but it's a, you as this this song yeah, is relatively new time. unreleased yeah, yeah that's right so it's certainly first time that you know people are listening to the podcast have heard the song sure yeah um so how does it work now i mean do you, I'd imagine you record on some sort of, not really a schedule, but you record when you feel like you're ready or is there a little, is recording more of a commercial kind of thing? Making an album or, yeah. um, uh, or no, actually just recording. Do you record on your own? I mean, how does that? Uh, lately I have been. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of, um, I mean, I just got like a basic Tascam digital eight track. Yeah, I actually did my first album on it and it sounds yeah. good. It still this, sounds good. I, 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 I've been recording and producing bands for many 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 years and there is absolutely no reason that i could come up with not to record it yourself sure finish it up obviously right. some people are into mixing or mastering sure. you might want to go you know if you don't know anything yeah. about it you're going to want to i'm not talking about you Tristan, sure. i'm saying yeah. to someone who's One. thinking about it just just go to it bring it to somebody to to master it and you're going to be yeah. done if and you, if you get good yeah. sounds and good yeah. performances and you That's and you the watch the performances, the, it's the yeah. performances. you get yeah. the good performance and you're a good musician and you get the good the levels good and you're not in the in the yellow or whatever like <laughs> uh then give it to the mastering guy and it'll Done. be hard to tell that it was recorded at home you know it's but like it won't even mastering matter. is import, yeah. important it's that performance yeah. i think the reason yeah. why you go to a studio the reason why you use a producer the reason why you put yourself into that situation is because you feel like you need that to get a good performance. But if you're getting the performance yourself, then yeah, done. I did my last couple uh, studio, but uh, um, and uh, it was, you know, it's just like, oh, this is a nice studio, and uh, you know, they wanted to work with me, and say, like, okay, you know, and it sounds great. Excuse me, great songs and stuff. But um, recently, like I've set up set up my task cam and. Uh, Man, I just set up just some basic levels, and man, I was, I'm getting some great so sounds. Absolutely, and then yeah. I'd lay down the track, and then uh, lay down a lay down a bass track, and then lay down a lead guitar track, and then a harmonica track, and then a layer another acoustic, and then I mix them all and pan them, and boom, wow, this is a full great sounding song, you know? Sounds good, yeah. And um, so I did my first album that way, and uh, just kept layering stuff, and 
I mean, people still come up to me. Oh, I love that. That's their favorite album. I've, it's my number one album on iTunes still. It's my first out of four albums. It's that one. It's like, man, I put so much more work into the other ones. But it's like <laughs> people have a good bullshit meter. And they're like, it's you know, good. not that I'm saying that the other ones were shit, but it's like people can pick up, have perception. They pick up on, oh, this is, he's really meaning this right now or something, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Rule people them, pick up yeah. on it. You don't have to be a musician to yeah. know when someone's being genuine through song. It's know? true. Rule number or, one is don't underestimate the audience. Don't get caught oh. up in that. Not you. Again, not yeah. don't get, it's what you're saying. Don't get caught up in that cynical idea. Well, if I do it this way, they're going to like it. You're probably wrong. Like, yeah. you know what people like when you're being yourself? Yeah, there's no... You're I, doing it. I, um, there's a saying, it's like, it's... it's uh, it's none of your business what other people think of you. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> great line. Yeah, because uh, my girlfriend's a uh, uh, alcohol and drug counselor, <clears throat> right. so that's like an AA thing, I yep. guess. It's like it's nobody's business. You know, you know, it's none of your business what other people are thinking about you. Right. Chances are they're probably not even thinking about you. Right, you right, know, right. it's like, and uh, but but man, and and uh, yeah, you, I mean, you can hear you can hear certain attributes about a song. You can tell if somebody's being being honest or somebody's being con it's like when i listen to npr right and i and it's like wait wait don't tell like i love car talk right and one of the best radio shows ever probably yeah and uh but wait wait don't tell me i feel like it's just some guy being all condescending to me like he's like way <laughs> smarter than me and he's like got a bow tie and he's like so witty right. and i'm just this idiot driving in my car it's like that's how i feel and right. it's like I can't shake that feeling that it feels fake and that right. if I feel like I'm being talked down to when I listen to it. And there's right. all these, they go around and they critique the news and stuff and Paula Poundstone. <laughs> it's just like, like, it's just like boring. It's like, but then I listen to the car talk guys and you listen to them laugh and it's like, man, those yeah, guys, they're, having they're really yeah. having fun together and like they're really like just getting a kick out of the people calling in. And like, sure, it's orchestrated and it's produced and stuff, but. But I, I can hear I can hear it that genuineness like they want to help people with their car problems and yeah. they want to then they're funny and stuff and then well, they're really brothers too so sure. you can hear yeah. them poking at each Absolutely. other that's right yeah it, one of them died last year too which is yeah, too bad unfortunate. But I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I ended up up I actually used to play in a wedding band when my kids were small and I played one of those guys uh, one of the Maliotti uh, brothers kids his daughter's wedding oh really oh that's great. cool awesome. uh I, I, just a really short story because it's funny they uh when you play it at, at these sort of corporate weddings not corporate weddings large weddings in downtown hotels it was yeah. like the four seasons or something like that um and they put together this big pickup band and we're playing and they'll come in ahead of time with a whole list of songs that the bride will request or the wedding party oh request yeah no but that's okay i mean that's yeah not, that's, that's whoever standard. hires you that's their job i'm just yeah. like a hired guy but um then there's always a list of things that the bride is wants to make absolutely sure you do not play right <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> typical things like you know thank heaven for little girls or something that they think that you know at the wedding someone might request then they'll say don't do that yeah so anyway, on the list is the electric slide, which back then was like the biggest thing in the world to do at the wedding. It yeah, was like yeah, the big right. dance and everybody always wants to do the electric slide at the time. And it was And they said no? Well, she said no, right? Yeah. And so uh so the Tom himself comes up to me. So I'm not the band leader. I don't know which one oh, it is. Okay. And uh he comes he's the the the, the sort of the 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 one of them sort of like overly intellectual, and this is the one who's always making fun of him. It was the, the that guy, okay. oh, okay. sort of the super funny guy, right? They're both funny. Walks up to me. I'm sitting at the piano, 
I am not the band leader. I'm getting hired and goes, listen, he goes, I know that she doesn't want us to play the electric slide, <laughs> but you have to play the electric slide. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, uh, I go, uh, I'm sorry, um, Mr. Malia, I'm not, I'm not the leader. You know, I, yeah. he goes, I already talked to the leader. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to just go into it. Yeah. Like so reckless abandon. I didn't do that. Yeah. And uh, I kind of regret that I didn't do that. Um, Probably would have made it. Because I had night. a mic. I yeah. could have been like, you know what? The bride said she didn't want to hear this. But, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the dude who's paying your bills. Wow. And, uh, but I didn't. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I was at a wedding once with a DJ. Like, it was a DJ just playing CDs and stuff. And like awesome. the, the DJ... Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he's saying uh, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie wow. to, to the bride and groom, and they were like, "Oh my, God, get us the fuck out of here!" Like, I know they were so we embarrassed. We're paying this guy. It was ridiculous, right, man. Yeah. It's like God bless those guys from being able to get gigs, you know. But some of them, man, just, there are certain weddings where the DJ is perfect. If you sure. want oh, it to be sure. a big dance party, that's what you want. But yeah, some this, of them are really rough. good, and yeah, then some of them. Well, some of them are kind of like the guy at the open mic. Can I play drums? I want to insert exactly, myself into your you know? moment. Yeah. Well, there's people like that in every aspect of Absolutely. life. You know, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, it's 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 just pe- people come in all different shapes and sizes, and they have all these different things that shape their outlook and what they can and can't say to people. And some people have a filter and some people's filter are, are deeper than others. And some people have no filter. Yeah. You know, it's like, so, know. so when you, uh, when you were, you know, starting out when you're a younger person, uh, who were some of the people that really, that, that made this go from, wow, I love this to like, wow, I'd really like to do this. Was this a personal thing or did you have like some influences? Was there like an album you heard where you're like, okay, er, stop everything. Um, I didn't have like influences like uh, people like, like I don't mean things you're copying kind of influence no. I mean you know just things that influenced you to say wow music man Um, well it was all kind of like I had to keep that fire burning like on my own you know I had to keep it because everybody around me like parents teachers they're oh you know you should really go to school to be an electrician you know like me as a musician was like just not even a option you know just, you know to like except you're for like you, oh yeah right? you're yeah. good you know but no no one thought that i'd you know like be able to have a career or anything or it was just out of the question and the, even to me i was like oh, i couldn't you know i don't know you know but then i start, you know and i got my you know because i grew up grew up with like you know loving the the beach boys and like springsteen i remember the born in usa lp wanted to always put that on i have my parents put it on put it on you know and uh neil young and the beatles like those are in the house you know and but but then and then i got into like the ramones like sheena is a punk rocker when i was like nine or ten years old yeah and i was like what is this you know that guitar (laughs) sound is incredible you know like like man, what, what plan were these guys on? And I was just so fascinated. And I would just listen to it over and over again. Like, I want to be sedated. And, uh, yep. and then um, there was this really, uh, there was a, a lot going on in the New Hampshire around then. So this is like late 90s, mid to late 90s. A yep. uh, lot of going on with, with local punk rock bands and stuff like that. So the punk scene was my gateway into like, actually like, oh, because I, I, I never thought that like, 
I could I never fathomed like you could actually like do a band like I never like I would I would have like I remember having ACDC Highway to Hell on tape like I thought yeah. it was so cool and uh you know Weezer because so cool. of course for me growing up like it was Weezer Green Day yeah. Presidents of the United States of America yeah. early 90s peaches. and you know I had them all on yeah Peaches they were sure. a great band they, yeah. uh they were a very good band oh yeah 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 uh, excellent stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, and the really guy, smart what's too, it? Yeah. A three string guitar and a two string bass. It? It a git bass and a bass yeah. guitar. Is it that was, what they call yeah. it? Oh, right. Those guys are real smart, really good. Did oh, you, sure. Did you, They're um, catchy tunes. He's too. a he's a writer too, right? Oh, he's yeah. like he's a, a killer. Yeah. Does a uh, stuff for what TV movies and stuff? I don't. I don't want to go out on a limb and say I know. I yeah. mean, I'm absolutely aware that. Well, at least that's what I heard. I don't know what he's doing in particular. Yeah. But so, yeah, and then, so um, did you get a band yourself? Is that what happened? Well, okay, so going back to that, I, I didn't think that, like, doing a band was, like, I never thought that it was something I could do, you know? It's like, and then I found out some friends of mine, or some some guys in school, it was like sixth grade, I found out they had a band, it was a duo, guitar and drums, and uh, they had a name and everything, and they had songs that they wrote, you know? And, uh, like, I was like, that's so fucking cool, you know? And I, I started playing guitar in fifth grade, so I was like nine years old or something, and uh, I just kind of, like, glommed onto them, and I found out where they practiced, and I rode, I happened to be riding my bicycle by their house when they were practicing, you know, and I just kind of weaseled myself into the band and so like good. lied and said that I could play bass. They said, oh, well, we need a bassist. So I was like, oh, I can fucking play bass. And me playing bass was like turning the tone knob all the way down on my Squire Stratocaster, yeah. like being real bassy, you know, like, yeah. but an older brother had a bass that I borrowed. Nice. And so that was my first, you know, first gig, 11 years old in the basement of a, uh, uh, on Massabesic Street in Manchester, it was, uh, wow. it was a church basement for a Boy Scout jamboree thing. Eleven you know? is early, yeah. man. That's yeah. great. It's eleven, like eleven years old. Well, I did a talent show when I was like ten years old. We did a because um, uh, Metallica had just come out with Garage Days, man. <laughs> I didn't see uh, that coming. Yeah, but, and I and we did no. I'm gonna top that. We did a uh, King Diamond. Am I evil? Awesome. It was me on Squire on a Squire Strat. Dent. With the solo boom at the talent show? Sixth grade talent show in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh but my friend was playing a flying V Hondo bass from the eighties. And that is so classic. And they had that big um what do you call the part where you connect I'm not a guitar player, where you connect the you know, like the 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 strings actually connect back here. It's not oh the yeah. Bridge. What's the beyond? Oh, the you're talking about a Floyd Rose. Yeah, the tail yeah. pace. Yeah, but it wasn't no because it was on the bass. It had that huge silver tail piece that oh, was right. also okay. shaped on the oh, hondo. Yeah. That was a monster. It bass. was a huge bass. It was yeah. bigger than him. Oh, if I was going to say up. yeah. And I remember he. We, we you would can't ride wear them either, right? Oh it's sure, like, like shaped wrong, right? Yeah, we we'd ride our bikes down to Ted Herbert's like once a week, and he, and he would make payments to it, and he paid. It was like 150 bucks for this old bass. For yeah. some reason, he wanted it, and then I remember riding it. We rode back with, and he had it in a gig bag on his back, and the pointy headstock stuck up through the top of the gig bag. <laughs> yeah, it did. And was getting hit on tree branches and stuff. No problem. But we did that talent show, and we. <laughs> did we had no idea we, we were just like metallica you know and that was my first public performance back wow. uh was doing that and i was uh, yeah probably nine ten years old and then my first gig did you guys win? was like 11 when i was 11 and uh what did we win no no 
Okay. That was uh nope. But uh but once but then then I'm then after that I we did a gig in uh like Veterans Park in Manchester for really? a, like a March of Dimes thing. That's awesome though. Yeah, and like but I mean you see pictures of it and this is my idea is like I was so naive i didn't know it was my idea that we should probably put the amps in front of us of in the front of the stage so it'll be louder so it would be out in front of little did we know couldn't hear anything we were doing and the drummer was just like you know but the pictures of us uh, you know i'm up there with like my hair spiked up in the front and like but that was that was the beginning and then i just uh wait, wait, never wait, stopped wait, 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 playing what was the name of that band oh boy come on the buff roadies the buff roadies huh? yeah the buff roadies <laughs> the hyphen buff hyphen roadies wow nice. and uh, don't blow it don't nope. forget the hyphen no nope. yeah. that's right some people would do one word it's like nah dude nope. two no, no, words no, no, no. buff two roadies not buff roadies you know it's yeah. like but uh because it was joke because the brand was originally called the authority figures which is probably a better name you know oh. but we would always joke when we'd carry in our equipment we're buff roadies yeah like we're just kids we're like 11 10 year 10 11 year old kids just having fun you know yeah and we, you know, we did that band, and we uh, recorded a demo tape on a on a on the old, an older brother's Tascam four track four track cassette awesome. four track cassette four tracks go in the same direction, people. Right. If yep. you flip the tape over, it just sounds backwards. Yep. 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 And so uh, good. And and uh, our concept for recording was put uh, the Omni mic. We had an omnidirectional Radio Shack mic. Yep. You know, we'd put that in the middle of the room, play the song, and then the singer would overdub his vocals. So it just sounded like a bunch of garbage. It was just like... <laughs> and then a couple years later, I had the idea. I got this little four-channel Radio Shack mixer for like $50. And I said, how about we put three mics on the drums and then one on the guitar and then we'll feed that or something, you know, yeah. we'll feed that into one track and then we'll overdub bass and we'll do that. And then we'll overdub the vocals and then we'll overdub another guitar. And then it sounded way better. And we had our, this was another band, but then we had a, a same four track though. And, uh, but the, the recording quality was so much better. And, uh, that's when I was started to realize, wow, you can do this stuff on your own. You can do it at home. Cause yeah. I, I started reading, researching like home recording stuff. And, do you, mind, uh, do you mind telling us what the name of that band was? Oh, uh, the stomping Charlies. <laughs> it was a take on the dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. a lot of people accused us of being racist. I, I, I love but, this stuff. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> I, I'm so like, I band look, names are like band my names jam. Like that's, yeah. that's my well, you thing, hear yeah. interviews of like Iggy pop or Al or, or like, um, Alice Cooper and like, like, yeah, I was in, uh, you know, the, you know, the mystics or like, or they have Barclays some, the, yeah, they all had <laughs> like names. They were very serious, you know? And like, yeah. I just said, we were like stupid pop punk, like very like juvenile like uh and our band names were yeah. silly you know that's the last band good. i was in was called the asthmatics that's that, oh, that's, that's great, great. No, you can see you've matured at that that point. was better right. that that was probably the best band yeah. that i was in and we we took it pretty far and we did some tours and we released some albums and uh uh did the whole thing you know and worked at it real hard and you know and uh actually that was my first uh introduction to the seacoast music scene really was uh around uh like 2008 2009 2010 like we 2008 or so we started playing out in the seacoast and uh and then we met up with uh tim mccoy yeah we met tim. tim mccoy we played with the paper cuts down in boston at church i think it used to be called uh the linwood grill or something like yeah, that it, and, tim uh, is the godfather man I know, i'm sure he doesn't want to hear that but he is <laughs> talk the about godfather one of the sweetest timeless, human beings a timeless and, man oh for sure and just like give you the shirt off his back nice He's guy absolute uh, killer. and uh we we played with him 
we we had been in the van doing some illicit uh, activities uh, and uh, you know listening to bad music. That's I right. That's all we were doing. That's yeah, right. and then we walked back into the to the club and the paper cuts were on stage and they were doing "Dear Prudence" by yep. the Beatles, obviously. And uh, <laughs> McCoy was out front doing the dun dun yeah. dun dun yeah. dun dun yeah, exactly. and he had his suit and his right. uh, fedora hat fedora, on right. and we were like who the fuck and it's yeah, chucks and when is he not and we were like, doing that who is never. this guy the answer is never he's who? always doing that because that's what he does yeah he's <laughs> just up front and he's just like dun dun he's like uh, the shit out of you it. know he man you know he doesn't I mean he can fall back and he can do whatever but uh but man he was right up front that night and we yeah. were just hooked and we just like we loved those guys and we played a bunch of gigs with them and then it was logical when we were getting ready to record an album it's like who are we gonna get to we should get a producer this time instead of just going and to an en- engineer and you know rolling the dice right. and getting out on a weekend and here's your eight songs it's done you know yeah. uh we we're like let's get a producer and then so it's like we were sitting around one night having beers and I'm like i said Tim McCoy, yeah, and he him. and then he got John Nolan on board, and then that's how we learned. Okay, this is how you make a real record. Yeah. Everything else we made was just going in on the weekend, punk band, getting it out, done, boom. But after that, they they showed us that no man, you like you can take your time, think about it. You don't have to put every song that you record on the album. You can cut some, <laughs> right. you know, which was a foreign concept to us we're like oh we have our eight songs they're going out you know yeah, we didn't no, 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 no. and then then tim would be like oh what, what this song title i don't know it's kind of weak you know it doesn't really make sense with the song you yeah. know and f- making us think in different ways and then john uh, just was like blew the doors open for me and for us you know as far as like uh just production and just like the overall vibe and just like making it fun and, and not caring about just he just kept the mood light and fun and just we learned at least i did i I didn't think all of us we learned so much from those guys and it was our what an amazing set of mentors right because you got mccoy representing one whole you know aspect of it and then nolan i mean this guy's done everything oh he's he's played everywhere he's been the the whole thing he's he's you know fantastic engineer He's a sweetie. Oh, I love that you guy. Know, yeah. What a, a, a fantastic opportunity there to get that. I mean, it, it's not cool to be like, oh, I'm in a punk band. I need a mentor. You know, you don't. But you do, right? Well, no, like, but we <laughs> Everybody la- has one. No, nah, but we latched on to him, you know, and me, I was like, I was so into it. I was like, this is great. And I loved this whole, the Seacoast scene. And like, uh, I ended up interning at John's studio and I'd go up, you know, every week for sessions and I was the gopher boy. I'd go yeah. get coffee and stuff, wrap, wrap cables. I engineered a few sessions and stuff, but yeah. just like, uh, I was just like, wow, they, like, um, this is, this is, uh, you know, I just could feel that the, it's like, oh, these guys know what they're doing, you oh, know? Yeah. And, um, so that was an excellent experience and, uh, uh, you know, was uh, very inspiring. It's rough to hold bands together. And if you're a songwriter, too, then you have to deal with that whole idea, which is, yeah. no, this is my song. I want to hear it this way. Did you run into that kind of stuff? Or the was band? the band writing? Or In the were you band? Writing? Yeah. Uh, it was a two-singer, two-songwriter band. So okay. there was some right. butting of heads. And uh, yeah. and there were two different um, feels for each right. person's song. Like, we each wrote different kinds of songs, but then we would collaborate together. But I can also, I can also remember, you know, maybe being offended about somebody suggesting something or wanting to change things. Yeah, like, I was course. very set in my ways. I, I was yeah. very, um, uh, I, I was wound up tight, you know, of course, back, back then. And, but 
but man, conversing and saying, oh, try this here. You know, that's the best part about uh, being in a band. So we were learning to be in a band. And uh, by the time we figured it out, we had already broken up, you know, I think. <laughs> so, uh, but, but man, and, you know, and, and then going around in a van for two, three weeks with the same guys, you know, is, yeah, that can get on, that can wear Absolutely. on you. Um, but for me, when we were on tour, we'd play a show in New Jersey and we'd make a hundred bucks. And then we'd go on to New York City the next night. We'd make 50, 60 bucks. And then we'd go on to, uh, you know, play in Providence. And we, I was like, guys, we're going from town to town. We're playing our music. People are digging it. And we're leaving with money in our pockets. Yeah. How, why would you not want to do this every night? Like, I was like, I want to do this every fucking night. You know, like, this is great. But, like, um, you know, but, but uh, when you apply the wrong parameters to uh, a a uh, trajectory or or career or something yeah. like music yeah. like you can't expect oh well you know if i'm not making at least 300 bucks a week man it's not fucking worth it for me exactly. it's like well you know like it, it, this is kind of an investment in time you kind of have to think like in a 10-year window right it's like man it's like it, it might take you a little while to get there but once you're there you're going to be happy that you're there and you're not giving all your time away to some you know retail job 50 hours a week you know you're 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 doing a lot more work but it's work you love, you know? Well, I mean, the idea that you start a band with, you know, local people, well, usually your friends or at least yeah. some of your friends and maybe some It's all about friendship in the beginning. Well, you know? well, that's great. But I mean, that's similar to being on a basketball team with a bunch of people. Which doesn't re equate to a lot of money or well, What I'm getting sometimes. at is though, yeah. you might find someone who's really fantastic on the basketball team and then, you know, they may be able to make a career out of it. It would be very difficult to believe that the other people on the basketball team are also going to have all those stars yeah, aligned sure. to make careers out of it too. How many bands? A couple? Like you two? In, except for back in the 70s, there were a couple oh, of bands. Man. But in now, very few bands. That's not how it works, you know. You're no. especially because of the the way the business you know works in terms of touring and playing and all that kind of stuff now. You know, it's just a different world. There's less places to play if you're a band, all that kind of stuff, and Live Nation and Killer Channel, all that shit. So, yeah, I mean, the yep. I, it, it, it's fantastic to have the band, but I would hope that young bands have that expectation of doing this for a couple of years and then, you know, blowing it up and then making a new one and blowing it up. Now, you were in that kind of, if I'm getting your timeline right, you were in that transition period where, at that point, there still were a lot of places to play yeah. as a band. And, you know, it wasn't all just one basic booking company around the whole world, you know, whole country and all, you know, no. two radio station channels and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So did you, did you, how did that work? Did you actually go and, you know, did you do like the college radio thing? Did you try to, did you try to promote and all that kind as of thing? As a band? Yeah. Or, we, or, or am I, am I messing up the timeline? Did you, oh, or is no. that when you started um, playing solo? Well, uh, well, I had always, I had been, I, you were I started solo writing time, solo right? songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did my first solo, like acoustic performance, probably uh, like my junior year of high school. Yeah, maybe fantastic. Uh, but but I always thought my identity was, you know, I'm the guitarist in a band. You know, I'm the singer yeah. and guitarist in a band. I mean, I have a band. You know, and then uh, as the years went by, uh, uh, got in my early twenties, uh, twenty one, twenty two. That model kind of just like it wasn't holding up and it wasn't, uh, we, we just couldn't, it wasn't staying together. And, um, and I was like, Oh, I've always written songs at home on the acoustic guitar. I've been doing this. I mean, I have, if I go back to, if I go to my parents' house, dig out some old 
roached out compact computer, I'll probably find some demos awesome. like from when I was like 14 or 15 of me playing acoustic, doing acoustic songs in Cool Edit Pro. That was my cool program. Edit. Cool Edit. Classic, uh, yeah. That was that such a good program. That was such a good yeah, program. Yeah, it was awesome. It was you, great. You, Briggs, you probably still have a computer that runs this, Yeah, right? I think I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, was at a ra- I did a radio interview uh, a month or so ago, and they were running Cool Edit Pro on yeah. the computer. Yeah. It, um, it is a professional piece of software. It says pro right in it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Cakewalk, right? right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, Cakewalk Pro. Cakewalk yeah, Pro. Right, yeah. That's pro. right. You got to have yeah. pro in there. But, um, right. But so you were doing it the whole I time. I was doing it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, with the band, we, we uh, I guess we, our thing was, we just got to, our thing was playing gigs. Like, we just wanted to be booked. And, and man, we played we played all over New England, and we had a regular circuit going of like Boston, Providence area or Rhode Island, Jersey. We played in Asbury Park, uh, a few other shows in Jersey and and New York City, and where to where we were like you know plugged into the scene pop punk scene in New York City, and um, uh, and we got to the point where we had a guarantee in Boston. You know, it wasn't a big guarantee, but it was a guarantee, which was you know, and usually at Boston, it's like oh. Only two people said they were here, or nobody said they were here to see you, so you're not getting paid. You know, it wasn't right. like that. We're, um, we, we, of course, we did those gigs. You know, yeah, of course, sure, we worked them. But uh, uh, so I, for, so for us, it was it was playing gigs, and we wanted to tour because uh, because a lot of the you know punk rock bands they're living in a van, they're touring, they're doing yeah. 200, 250 shows a year or more. You know, a lot of those guys. So those, they were inspiration, like bands like the Bouncing Souls or the Descendants. Descendants uh, yeah. just have a new album like uh, a couple That's weeks right. ago, right? Yeah. Yep, I'm going to see them in October That's actually with a buddy of mine. He got tickets. I was like, yeah. Sure, I'll go see the fucking Descendants. Why right. not? You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, for the band, but it for us is. Uh, and we put out, uh, let's see, like a EP and a and a full length, and uh, and we, we had a good following in New Hampshire. We had this a pretty dedicated, asthmatics? yeah, and the yeah. Asthmatics and the Snob and Charlies has a good had a good following too. Yeah. We were a high school band, right? Fifteen years old, we go down. Me and a couple of my friends go down to the American Legion in Manchester, New Hampshire, on Maple Street. You know, grizzled old World War II veterans and stuff in the bar. <laughs> and everybody uh, plays legions. Yep, though, right? and yeah. uh, just. You're like, hey, well, we want to have a concert here. We're going to, you know, we want to rent the hall. Okay, you know, it's 150 bucks and you get uh, 50 bucks back to security deposit if nothing's broken after. We said, okay, you know. Yep. So we, you know, we, of course we were going to play and then we got a few other bands and we got some, we got a pretty big band at the time, Kicked in the Head. They were a yeah. Boston band, Kicked yep. in the Head and uh, Five Bucks, Johnny Earthquake, uh, Caffeine Addiction, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, See, cool, and this. Cool Hands Luke, those and, oh, and my band, cool yeah, and um, <laughs> and um, but man, we I know, we made a poster, and uh, a friend of mine, buddy of mine, Dan, who is the street punk kid with a uh, with a. Uh, with like uh what's a cheetah like cheetah spots on his mohawk you mean you know? like an egg white mohawk like real right? yeah, legitimate like street punk like he sewed all his patches yeah. his clothes were like uh, all patches and uh so him and my dad are are doing the door you know that's your dad's and dan's the best. like like fucking chain chain smoking cigarettes and uh so so uh but anyways we booked this thing for and we charged five bucks a head 200 and something people show up we had to stop counting people because we broke fire code like it was ridiculous like so many people and people talked about that show for years after it 
Maybe and time. we were never able to create one of that magnitude. Yeah. Uh, some a kid got kid got hurt outside, got beat up by some some violence. You know, it's like that went hand in hand with punk rock shows back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. would always get punched or some stupid shit. Yeah. And I don't and I don't remember what it was about, but uh, uh, uh but but anyways, but that those are the that stories, show right? we were able yeah. to pay all those bands. We paid the guarantees of the bands, and then afterwards, we still had seven hundred fifty, eight hundred bucks. We were 15, 16-year-old kids. We had 800 bucks <laughs> in our band fund. Uh, that could be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Well, <laughs> we, we probably... Totally hooked, yeah. right? Well, at practice, we would t- dip into the band fund. We'd do practice, and then we'd go into the band fund, take out like 10 bucks, and walk down to 7-Eleven, and we'd get Slurpees. Oh, uh, but, and then... But, living the life! But... We, you but, it. but like I said, we had six, seven hundred bucks in the in the band fund yeah, box. Yeah, so blue raspberry slurpees is what you're so saying. So we <laughs> used that to finance the recording of our first yeah, CD. Did. We went yeah. down to Boston, uh, Fork in Hand Studios. So, yep. so uh, Steve Foot from Big yep. D and the Kids Table. Yep, yep, yep. They put out Fork in Hand Records. They put out so many great records. We loved it. We loved all that. And uh, we went down there and we recorded eight songs. And man, we we, we we that was our first taste of a real studio right there because he would drill us. He said, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. So do smart. it again. And every song on that album is like pretty much perfect. I mean, I'm singing in a very monotone. We'd, yeah. we'd kick the singer out and it was my, I had never sang before. So I had to step in and just be the singer. And that can, was me Can people singing. still hear this? Is this out? If can you search for it, you can find it. Yeah, what is this, not the too- asthmatic? <laughs> This that this is that what I'm talking about is the Stomp and Charlie. It is the Stomp and Charlie. Right. But uh, you don't have to go deep on it. I just wonder. No, it is out it's there. It's part of my history. It's it, what yeah. brought me to here. You know. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, some of the song subject matter I'm ashamed of. You know, or yeah. like embarrassed. But yeah, come on. I didn't know. I was just yeah. that was learning and and just yeah. doing whatever. But this is art. This you know? isn't you know this isn't straight confessional. And here, it's in know? its purest form then because yeah, you're just throwing shit at the wall and yeah, hoping something sticks. Yeah, you know? you're causing trouble as as you go. Right. Yeah. It's so cool because your story reads like it, it has this sort of like um this uh this sort of um it's a little bit of a movie arc to it because you can almost jump from like situation to situation and then see the mentor come in and then you yeah know, they do this and then you do this and then you have this sure. great triumph so uh so as a solo artist right yeah. one of the things that uh you know we we found is interesting to talk about on the podcast would be some of the high points and some of the low points in terms of performing one of the great things about uh, especially solo artist life is that you can go out there and basically ply your trade in a lot of different situations sure you you could be outdoors or indoors or a festival or a small place oh yeah shop right so how about uh do the road stories high and low like what what's like one of the most beautiful nights that you've played as a solo artist leaving the band behind and maybe something that wasn't quite as beautiful. One of the beautiful nights. Or perfect nights. You know what I mean? Like, what's a high point? Of like, oh, man, it just all came together. Oh, like like from performing or just being out on the road? You, or You know what I mean? For you. Like, it doesn't matter. What well. Can you remember had, just like one magic night? I had one moment where, or one night where, is my second tour, uh, solo tour of the East Coast. Um, my first two tours, I did my first one in 2011 solo. It was 18 days, it's about 5,000 miles, and it was from uh, New, New York to New Orleans and back up. So it was like a gnarly first solo tour, 18 days by yourself in a Ford Ranger. You know, that was, that was it. And then the second tour, I went back and I did pretty much the same route, you know, went back the next year, you know. It's like, I got to get out and hit the towns again, man, you know. And uh, so 
I'm playing in Johnson City, Tennessee. This is like 2012. Uh, and um, I get, get wind. There's an arts festival going on downtown called the Blue Plum Arts Festival. And uh, uh, the host that I was staying with said, oh, yeah, Guy Clark's playing. I was like, Guy Clark's playing. And I had just discovered, like, Guy Clark at that point and gotten way into him. And he was just one of my top songwriters. And I just my jaw hit the floor. And I went down there. And uh, I was like, well, we got to go see Guy Clark. I go down there. And uh, the opening act was uh, Malcolm Holcomb uh, from North Carolina guy. Solo dude, but, man, amazing percussive gravelly voice just deep dark kind of songs he had to keep playing and playing and playing because guy clark was wasn't there yet and finally this big white cadillac pulls up and guy clark gets out with a cane and a top hat smoking a cigarette boom and him and his guitarist verlin thompson get up on stage and they just they just do their set and i was just like man i'm gonna remember this forever you know like just like being in the right place at the right time you know and then having it hit me and i can still picture like i can still imagine myself in the crowds and see him and he just died this year too so it's like i'm just so thankful i got to see him you know and uh was that at night or in the daytime that was in the daytime yeah 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 it was a daytime thing and um have you considered a cadillac since then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be comfortable no i got a van now so i did uh i did about almost a dozen tours solo tours in a ford 2001 ford ranger and had two hundred and forty thousand miles on it when i got rid of it and uh man i lived in that thing and i i slept in it i ate in it i you know so many hours you know so so i guess that that is a that is a high a high point and uh i guess the touring like when you're out on the road there's so many moments they're all just strung together you know to where you do a great gig and you and you leave and you're not really sure at least for me a lot of people don't do the tour do touring like i do a lot of people like they always have a hotel or a place to stay or something a lot of times i leave the gig and i don't know where to go wow. you know and i'm just like well uh i guess there's a 24-hour walmart or something you know I'll go and you know go in, wash up in the bathroom, and then go out and sleep in sleep in the car, and then wake up at like five in the morning and just leave. That's the work know? work ethic, people. Yeah, because right. I mean, you, you're talking about it. What do you want to blow seventy five bucks on a hotel room just so you can have a bed and maybe a shower for like what? What? How long are you going to be in the hotel room? Like hours, eight hours, yeah. maybe max, right? Maximum. If you got places to go. Sure, showering is important, but uh, like, man, like when you like, oh, I just. I didn't spend a fucking dime. I just woke up and started driving, you know? Like, I like that. I like those times when it's five in the morning, you got a full tank of gas, you get some coffee, you're like, all right, well, I got a six-hour drive to my gig in, you know, in Virginia. Let's go. And you put on some tunes or some radio, and you're just driving, you have your thoughts, and uh, you're just like, wow, I'm out doing exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I'm not getting rich. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not drawing people every night. You know, so maybe a few here and there, but like, man, am I fucking happy to be doing this and like so thankful. There's so many people you know? who want to do what you're doing, man. And so many people try to push you off from it and don't want you to do it. So many people like push their own limitations on you and try to hold you back. And they think that, you know, or they try to guide you. And uh, like, as, and it's usually people who don't even play music. They feel like they can advise you on your career. Oh, you should, you should go on American Idol. You should do this. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't go up to a plumber and tell the plumber, you know, man, uh, you're using the two-inch uh, drain, you know, pipe on that. 
I'd really go up to the three. You know, it's like, like you're not going to be able to carry enough volume. You're going to clog up the grease traps. And the plumber right. would look at me and be like, hey, boy, are you fucking, you know, are you kidding me? And, no, he'd uh, look at you and go, are you sure you want to play that Yamaha guitar? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where's your Martin, buddy? Yeah, yeah. It's a D28 it's or a, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. man. It's a... Uh, Wow. So it's uh that's that's so that's you know I, what were we talking about? So that was a high point and uh and you're talking about what is a low point. Well you don't have to be that specific. But if one comes to mind, I mean, yeah. it, not not a low point, but just, look, I played a wedding where on the dance floor, yeah, sewage began to come up through the tiles that were put down the temporary tiles on the uh, on the lawn that's a pretty bad that's a pretty bad uh, that's situation. an example there yeah okay. I imagine that you probably can't top that yeah right? yeah you've probably um, never been anywhere where someone did I, something really stupid or something right um well I had uh actually the place I played last night wow uh, <laughs> didn't see that no no, no no this is like no it's like three years ago two years yeah, ago three years ago yeah I did this gig and it was a it was a, uh, <laughs> and it was like a, like eight to 11 gig or something. So I was playing three, wow, like sets. three 45 minute sets. Yeah. It's what I did last night. And what I do, a lot of the gigs I do, I do three 45 minute sets that's or, fantastic, or yeah. two hour sets and then a 40 minute set or yeah. something. Um, cause a lot of times that's the only way you can get paid around here. It's right, like, right. all right, here, go stick yourself in a corner for bring your own PA, set up your PA play three 45 minute sets here's 200 bucks or 150 bucks plus food that's the the deal a lot of places work ethic work ethic yeah, right. work like, ethic just go out there do the gigs yeah. you know beats digging and, holes uh, though so. oh beats digging holes i've done that i've you know i've I had a get three day a job one day, one summer for a couple days digging headstone foundations in cemeteries in july heat you know i've done that i did an hvac H, H, heating and air conditioning crawling around in in attics and in crawl spaces you yep. know yep. i got a heat stroke up in an attic and pretty much almost died wow. you know like and i worked uh hannaford stocking shelves for four years in produce wow. i did a you know worked at a toy warehouse worked at a music shop done odd jobs on my own you know like fixed guitars you know so it's all there you know uh but um but yeah like uh so so this place i played last night the first time i played there was a couple of years ago and i do this gig right from like the beginning there's this drunk woman and she's heckling me nice. and she heckled me all night like throughout every single <laughs> set wow. almost every song she, she had play something faster <laughs> play something we can dance to oh, do you know johnny favorite. cash play johnny cash that's my favorite you know? play something we can and dance to even that. if i even if i sat even if i obliged she wasn't satisfied right. to the point where i started to say you know your parents they probably shouldn't have chosen life <laughs> you know like you know i said that and then i was at one point bad choice dad yeah, yeah right. i was like no, 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 they should have reconsidered they should have just went backpacking through europe instead of you know wow. having you and uh and then at one point i just took off my guitar and i tried handing it to her it's like here obviously you know more about this than i do here i'm just gonna sit and just listen to you and learn you know but she didn't go for it and then when she left everybody in the bar applauded after the door closed wow like, they hung in too yeah and 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 it's a funny story so it's not even a bad night it's not even no, like know, that's right? not even a low point no, you know a, that's a great that's a great that's i a think great probably night. a bad low point was like two three years ago i was uh i was on tour and i had a day off so i was like oh you know i was passing through pennsylvania i was like oh i'll stop at the martin guitar factory it's a free tour you know so i went to nazareth pulled into nazareth yeah, you yeah. know and uh <laughs> 
went and did the tour and it was amazing. And uh, I got to see Hank Williams as Martin yeah. behind a glass case, which is incredible. And uh, um, I go out to my truck and I start it up. It's down, absolute jungle downpour, like just like Forrest Gump rain, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it came from all sides, you know, it's like, it was gnarly. I turn on my wipers and they go once and then fall down and they stop working. And uh, the rain was so bad, I had to drive with my head out the window. Like my windshield was just horse shit. Like, and uh, I get to an auto parts store and uh, I was so, I was soaking wet, trying to figure it out checking fuses you know like yep. stuff like that you know and then uh like my dad called just hey how's the tour going you know and i was like well <laughs> great it pops. fucking sucks right now That's awesome, <laughs> like, pops. yeah and, it, and I, he was like well did you check the linkage and i said no and he's like look through the little uh like intake hole you know in you know through the you know the grate on the hood you know and you can see down and you can see the the motor that link it does the linkage for the wipers and he's like maybe that's detached and i look down and i see the nut sitting down <gasps> and it was t totally detached and you can you know? see it though it was yeah. still there it was there yeah <gasps> so i go into the auto parts i was like oh thank you so much i go into the auto parts store i had i always carry tools with me i carried more tools with me now but uh i had to buy like a cheap socket set for like eight bucks just shitty just socket set like, I need dude, could you help me out? He's like, no, here, buy it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, fucking awesome thing. So I, yeah, so I buy this one and I, I get, there's this tiny little access hole to get my hand up to, to do the, the linkage, you know? And uh, man, it was so hard. And I was like sitting on top of the engine, like downpour underneath the hood, just like trying to get this thing back together. <laughs> so uh, I get it back together. I turn it on. And it does the same thing, falls apart. I couldn't, I couldn't get it tightened. This, uh, the angle, my hand was. Jam I'm skinny guy, but yeah, my my you. arm just wouldn't go in that position. And so I drive to a service station, like a gas station. I ask the clerk, I was like, "Can man, can I just hang under your overhang for like 45 minutes so I can fix my truck?" And he's yeah. like, "Sure." Oh, so I did, man. and I'm like sitting on top of the engine. I'm all black and dirty, like from you know, and uh, soaking wet. And of course, you know, and, and in my truck, you know, the AC's broken, everything, you know, and uh, I finally fix it and it's good. And it's, and it was good ever since I fixed it Beautiful. for good. And, uh, and I was like, man, this is, I was soaking wet, dirty. I was like, oh man, I'm going to go to a diner, you know, get some food, get some war a warm meal. I didn't feel like eating a peanut butter sandwich or granola. The diners are the best, you know? man. Oh yeah. Split pea soup and uh, cornbread and a yingling beer. That was awesome. like, yes. yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm still kind of dirty. I cleaned up with some wet ones that I had in the truck. I changed my shirt. I go inside. And then after I go out and I start up the truck, service engine light comes on. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm like, no! did I like, did I leave something no! unhooked? Because I had to unhook this really important looking like 30 pin like gold connecting thing with these thing. two nuts yeah. on each end. And it was like an old, it was like a computer scuzzy thing almost. Yeah, like did, right? it looked like that. But uh so I, I hooked, I was like, oh, maybe I didn't tighten that up right. And it was something like that. I didn't tighten something up. So I'm, you know, fiddling with the engine underneath and this car full of teenagers drives by and says, fuck you at me. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what Come is, on. what did I do? Like, hey, at least it all happened in you know? one day. Right? Yeah. Right. And the day before my battery died. And so I had to like, you know, jump the truck, drive it to an auto parts place. I had had too many drinks at the bar I played at. 
this this pe- couple really liked me. They kept buying me uh, Bloody Marys. So the first night of the tour, I was like, "Whoa, I'm drunk." <laughs> and it was an after night, if afternoon show. I was drunk yeah. in the afternoon, so I drive to this you auto parts could store. Be worse. I change out the battery, half drunk. Yeah. The clerk was like, "Wow, that was fast." I could I bring in the core to get the chain, you know, ten bucks for the old battery or something, you know. And so I I was like. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, I'm kind of drunk. And so I had my sunglasses on and I, I fell asleep in the parking lot. I nice. just took a nap. <laughs> and I woke up. It's like 730 and I had still have my sunglasses. I'm like, why is it so dark? And I'm, Oh, yeah, I have sunglasses on because they're prescription sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I, I woke up I'm like, man, so far off to a bad start. Don't get drunk, you know. <laughs> and then because I had to wait around because my crash pads, like these, the people that bought me the Bloody Marys, like, yeah, you can stay with us, you know, but we have to go out and do something. But we'll be back around like 830. So yeah. just give us a call. You know, so I had to kill. I had like four hours to kill, you know, waiting for them to show up. So I was just like, you know, sleeping. Then I go. And of course, they want to hang out all night and they want me to play them songs all night. Right. So they kept feeding me uh, whiskey and stuff. Beautiful. So I, I woke up to like. It was picturesque, you know. I woke up and my I was face down in the pillow, like with my arm hanging off the side. I woke up and the black lab was like licking my face, <laughs> yeah. and I was like hung over as shit. And I was like, "Wow, okay, yep, you know, this I've arrived, you know." <laughs> yeah. And uh, but the rest of the tour was good. And those are the only two real mechanical problems I've ever had on tour in all the all of them that I did was those two things and I was able to do it. And, but after I was like, all right, I got through that, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like everybody who's out there is going to be tested. You yeah. Know, you've got to have that, that little reserve tank to yep. say, you know what? Nope. Today is not the day I'm going to quit. Today is yeah. not the day I'm going home. That's right. It's not the day I'm going to go fuck this. And if you're out far away from home, you got to push yeah, on. You, gonna you have it, yeah. to keep going. That's the thing about touring is I like it is because it's like the proving ground. You know, it's like you're out there. Okay. There's 20 people, you know, you're in Lexington, Kentucky. It's fucking rock, you know, just like you yeah. got to make the best of every Absolutely. night, yeah. you know? So, uh, and, and I just thought this is amazing. How else am I going to see the country, you know? And then it's like paid travel, you know, if you, if you're making your nut every night, you know, like, yeah. uh, and being a solo guy, I can do it. You know, I can come back with money in my pocket. I can come back feeling like, okay, I went out. I did a lot of fucking work, but I earned a wage, you know, after you do the math, you know, it's like, you know, I was make you know, all the driving and the gigs and stuff, you know, I was making several hundred dollars a week, you know, like after all told and expenses, you know, and to yeah. me that was fine, you know, yeah. and uh, because, because in high school, you know, like I was forced to go to college like they forced me, you know, they, my parents, you know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they wanted me to go to college because right. they care about you. They love you. They want you to, they, it's a fucked up world. And they feel like, okay, this is some help for him. He yeah, it's needs insulation. this. It's yeah. A, it's a possibility. Yeah. And so, you know, I signed on to the tech to go to, for automotive technology, you know, like yeah. eight hour class on steering suspension and alignment or something, you know, and I was the first time ever in my life that I fell asleep in classes when I went to college, wow. you know, <laughs> and, uh, went for a month, dropped out to go on tour did my first tours that year right after high school yeah. uh with the band it was like two three weeks well first it was like a five-day tour we were touring in, in january uh in the northeast Sweet. five five good, guys good, good, good idea four guys in a van <laughs> in an old in a 96 econoline van with a uh with a trailer and uh the van was a piece of shit leaking like a quart of oil a day at one point uh we at one point a couple times we had to sleep in the van sleeping in new jersey eight degree weather 
five, four guys in a van waking up, can't feel your feet. Yeah. Turn on the van, start, start driving to the next show, which was horribly routed. New Jersey and then Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> okay. You can't even go there That's, without hitting some sort of rush hour. Also, oh, yeah. It's you're going to hit it up, in man. Hartford or somewhere. And we went through the mountains. We took like a stupid way. And the oh. van was just limping. And everyone was sick. Well, maybe your your automotive college thing may have come through at that point. I thought it would, but I had, you know, it made I didn't know very much about then, you know, like <laughs> cars. Yeah, I've learned month, a lot since it. then, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but I was driving... I, me and the bass player were the only ones that weren't sick so we're up in the front of the van eating peanut butter sandwiches fucking off and joking around listening to music the two other guys are in the back covered up in blankets like, uh, uh. they're like miserable you know and there's no heat in the van the heat's broken you know so that was my first tour it was like a five day tour going through that I think it was like New Hampshire New York New Jersey um, uh, let's All see, the news and Vermont yeah. Right. You know, I think and we stretched it into five days, maybe. And oh, Long Island, too. There's a place in Long Cause, Island. Because you couldn't just finish in Vermont. You had to go back down. <laughs> no, no, no. Right that, the Long Island was the first date. No, and uh, it was this bar like right underneath a train, you know, an elevated train thing. And it was yeah, owned. Yeah. The guy that owned it used to play drums for Dion and the Belmonts. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and, um, but uh, so that was the first tour. Like, uh, and, that, and it was that's what got me and i was just like i remember just riding in the back of the van it's like oh like we played in uh you know new jersey last night now we're going to new york it's like, yeah this, it's, is, this is cool it's I super like it's super romantic you know if it's happening you know and uh, i just was never able to sh- shake it and it's like yeah. i i just still love it and uh and it's not for everybody at all so where are you yeah. now you uh you know, obviously, you're you're always writing. You're always making new material. You always, that that's just sort of happening on a regular basis. That's how it works. You're you're. I looked at your dates uh, before tonight, just uh-huh. to sort of catch up with what you're doing. Looks like you're playing. You yeah. Got, you played last night. You're playing tomorrow night. You're playing yeah, on the I weekend. do. Yeah, I do. I average about a hundred shows a year. Some wow. years, I hundred and twenty. So yeah. and so, this uh. is you're just that. This is that's the next step. Really, is just moving forwards with that concept yeah how can i keep going forward yeah right i mean keep keep up with the touring keep hitting the same spots and uh build build a following just keep doing it just keep doing your work you are already doing that yeah yeah like i'm just 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 gonna keep doing it and i'm and it's gathering momentum you know i feel some momentum absolutely uh but a lot of it it's just keeping the fire burning inside you and keeping it uh remembering your purpose because you can do a string of gigs in like restaurants and stuff and you're just you know, it's like, man. But your you know, art isn't going to get worse. Your, no. your your playing isn't going to get less colorful. No, it's and all practice. It it's all you. That's the thing. Like the tour. You know what I mean. The gigs might get better or not. You know, you might be hitting it with just sort of like a cultural vibe or not. Hmm. But the songs aren't going to get worse. They're no. they're only going to get better. All that stuff. Your performance only going to get better. All that kind of thing. sure. Can, you know, even in the short time that that you know I've been familiar with what you do, it just blows me away. I mean, you just walked in and just fucking slayed that shit. Um, I want to give you the opportunity you gotta to wrangle you, the moment, if, man. If, if, if you, you only got a moment yeah. to catch people's ears, if you want to play, you're you're welcome to play something, or we can uh, we can wrap. I'll try it up. another one. I would love yeah, right to hear on. one, but I don't want to kill you, put you on the spot. But this one uh, too late now. Oh sure, yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, actually, got to move over a little bit. Take your time, man. I find that uh, when I get in a string of writing, uh, 
I had this thing for a while where I was waking up every morning at like six in the morning, making coffee, grabbing my guitar and trying to write a song before breakfast. And in one month I ended up with like 32 songs and, uh, only like two of them were keepers, you know? So uh, I was like, Oh wow, this is kind of like quality control, you know? Right. Uh, um, but, uh, I find that sometimes I'll write like four songs that are all one type of subject matter. Okay. And then, I narrow it down to the one song that best represents the group, right you know? And uh, so uh, this song is, uh, I was kind of uh, imagining, because I've, you know, I've worked labor jobs and stuff. You work with guys in the construction trade and stuff. You sit around at lunch and everybody's talking about tits and beer and trucks and stuff. <laughs> and like, and uh, I would work with some of these guys. Like I worked with this one guy and he would tell me all these stories, all of these times about he cheated on his wife and stuff like that. And all this all this like, and I was like, am I even friends with you? Like, I don't really like, man, I don't even like want to know you, you know, like it was just like, just like just bad shit. Like, and, but he's got the wife and kids at home and he's got the ring on and he's, you know, he's hiding all this stuff, but he goes, I love you, honey. And he, you know, and then he goes to, and he does his, does his, He's, he's lives in the work, you know, like 60 hours, 70 hours. Just keep it at me so I don't have to go home and face my family and come to terms with the shit that I've been doing when I'm not home, you know? So, like, I wrote, like, three or four songs that were kind of a narrative about about guys like that, like people that I've met, like, just from working, working jobs, you know? Because it's like, there's always that one guy that's, like, always, you know, he'll be off on his side. He's doing something. <sighs> God, you know, the guy is like freaking right, out right, right, right. and it's like, God, man, don't, don't let it ruin your day. Right, you know, right, right. like just chill out, you know? Right. So, and I think, uh, characters and, and that's why one of my favorite songwriters, Bill Morrissey, right, who, who right. Uh, lived in New Hampshire for a yeah, long time, absolutely. wrote a lot about New Hampshire, yeah. uh, just wrote about the characters in Milltowns, people that would never get a spotlight in life. Yeah. And he would give it to him for that little, the little mill worker. Song, yeah, yeah. The gas station right. attendant. You know, like, that's why I think like, all right, yeah, like you got to celebrate your nurses, your doctors, your teachers, your firefighters, your police, whatever, you know, like, but hey, what about the automotive parts counter guy? Sure. You know, like <laughs> that fucking relevant, dude right? is just full of wisdom and you can bounce stuff. Uh, I don't know. You might want to try the change in the PCV valve. Do the PCV valve. Start with that. It's only five bucks. And then maybe try and, you know, replace the MAF sensor because that's a $125 part. You know, it's like, like there's all these people in society that just don't get recognition. And here I, you know, I'm going around playing music and here's a song. Clap for me. Here's another song. Clap for me. You know, I'm on a stage. So, but some people, it's like, they're, like, when when you can write about somebody who wouldn't normally be written about, that's like there's a beautiful thing in that. Right. Even if that person is not a good person, you know, just because you're exploring other avenues. Like I can remember the house I grew up in is this old Victorian house. It was like built in 1908 or 1909. And a lot of the tops, of, if you look, if you were to cut the roof off of a house like that, a lot of the ways that they form like the wings of the house and the attic, if you cut off the roof, it would look like a cross, you know, because you have the front of the house and then some bedrooms going out like that. And then you have the rest of the house, like the kitchen and the dining room stuff. So, and it looks like a long, like cross you know 
and like right from the top down yeah yeah if you're looking at a bird's eye view and they had the roof cut off but i would explore in this attic and there were these like there was like a trap door that like led to nowhere you know and then you go around one of like the eaves of the roof and there was this little spot that maybe if you crawled in there you could go but it's just a void there's no purpose for it it's just a void in the building and i would think and there's something interesting to me about places that nobody that people don't go or aren't trod after and like the i feel the loneliness in those places kind of like the loneliness of a hotel room you ever like check into a hotel room and you just like you feel all the past people that were there and uh or you stay with a relative or something and like you stay in the bedroom of their of their of their son who moved out 25 years ago and there's still like some of his stuff in the room and it's this little twin bed and there's this nightstand next to it and you think wow i bet this guy used to keep his watch in this drawer now it's just this room it means nothing it's just like this shrine to what used to be there and that temporary feeling is just like kind of uh uh like i i don't know i notice it you know and uh I don't know. I, that was a long tangent, but uh, not at all, man. What's this uh, song of a title yet? Uh, this is called. Uh, um, well, the working title is "Talking Infidelity Blues." <laughs> Even though it's not a blues song, but just throwing blues at the end of something sounds cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, actually, yeah. It's okay. Take your time. My you, elbows. Use a little setup there. Yeah. Yeah. Can I mind if yeah, I? Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Just kinda, yeah, set yourself up. Beautiful. Whenever you're ready, man. Back on the jobs I've done, bussing tables and stocking shelves, fixing pipes, selling guitars. You'd think I'd learned my lesson well. The time clock punches you in the heart. Yes, sir. No, sir. Oh, have a good day. In the break room for 15 minutes, I just knew I couldn't stay. Liquor bottles on the floor Up in the morning and back for more Forty, fifty, sixty hours a week Wake, work, drink, smoke, TV, sleep Forty years sitting at a desk Works for some, then they give it a rest Retirement at sixty-five Heart attack at sixty-six not a critic, I'm just in a bad mood I've worked with some really bad dudes Talking infidelity and violent things Without a care of what the future brings He's got a wife and kid at home But he lies and tells them he's working late He's really at the club where the drinks aren't cheap With the dancing girls who play for keys
Another woman's chest in his reddest face Stuffing dollar bills in her private place And he gets in the truck and he drives on home When he gets there, he sleeps alone When he gets there, he sleeps alone Bone dry liquor bottles on the floor Up in the morning and back for more Forty, fifty, sixty hours a week Work, drink, smoke, TV, sleep. Wake, work, drink, smoke, TV, sleep. Damn. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. What a song, man. Oh, thank you. What a way to pull this together, man. I'll I'll speak for uh, my buddy Briggs here. Sure, I can't thank it. you enough for doing yeah, this. Yeah, thanks man. a lot. That's man, great. thank you guys for having me. Man, really what a, appreciate what it. What a fantastic song, too, yeah. man. We thank you. All night. Thank you. I think I'll keep it then. All right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this will be, it'll be a day or two before this uh, comes out. Where are you playing? Uh, you want to get some people involved? How do they get in touch? Uh, what do you, what's your dream here? Um, yeah, just check out tristanomand.com, T-R-I-S-T-A-N-O-M-A-N-D.com. Uh, got a bunch of stuff up there uh, and my dates. Uh, uh, well, tomorrow night I'll be in the, playing the Common Man in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Friday I'll be playing the Barn up in Paulette, Vermont. Nice. That's uh, going to be a nice long drive. Yeah. Uh, and then Saturday I'll be playing actually in Dover at uh, Flight Coffee Company oh, yeah. with uh, some uh, uh, a buddy of mine from New Jersey, yeah. uh, 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 Cranston Dean. He's coming. He's touring throughout. I mean. Man, that's the great thing about doing this, and especially in Facebook, like all these people, yeah, like linking up. Oh, I need a show in New Hampshire. Oh, I need a show in Virginia. Do you know any leads? It's like all these yeah, people maybe you are can trade, cross yeah, pollinating. Yeah, right, yeah, it's yeah. all cross pollination, and so I'm just so glad to be a part of uh, the music community. Sounds good. Man. And uh, if people yeah. want to listen to you, they can go to TristanOmond.com. Yep. Correct? And I'm also on, uh, you know, on the iTunes, the great. Amazon, the Spotify. I've got a Spotify. There's a, there's a Pandora place, channel yeah. for me. Uh, yeah. It's all you up won't there. get paid shit for them listening to you Spotify, but the bottom <laughs> yeah, line is but they it's a great come way to, to the show and buy the yeah, vinyl. Yeah, they will. But I tell you, the vinyl people that listen so to you on great, Spotify, yeah. they know your songs oh, and they love true. them yeah, right. because they listen to them throughout the day sure, while they're yeah. doing their stuff, you know. And yeah. uh, but um, but yeah, the the uh, still the the physical albums is where the most of the money is in the playing the gigs. Plus, you know? man, you 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 committed some uh, you committed some effort and some time and some investment into uh, vinyl and stuff. Sure. So I am sure that that's a, a sweet thing for the people. I'm in that, it for uh, the long haul, man. Better into it. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, I guarantee you, I'm going to ask you to do this again. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, guys, sure. You know, absolutely. It's, it's going to be absolutely amazing. You're going to have to fight me away with a bat. How this happens? <laughs> Maybe you know, catch up like a bat on a happens. tied to a string, like yeah. a vampire bat. <laughs> is that what it is? It's like a vampire bat. <laughs> no. All right, thank you, man. Next Thanks. time. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you, guys. See you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Appreciate it.